0: Thanks for joining me for another episode where we explore ways in which we can reverse inflammatory arthritis. And we have another guest to learn from today. And she has a story of tremendous improvement with her rheumatoid arthritis. She was diagnosed a little over two years ago, but believes her symptoms have been running quite a few years before that. Her name's Melissa. She's from South Africa. And she has got a very interesting story to share with us. So, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: All right. Thanks so much for the intro, Clint. I'm excited to share my journey so far.
0: We um, have been enjoying your Instagram updates and you have shared sort of uh, highlights of recent things that you've been able to do after going onto the Patterson program and changing your diet and increasing your exercise. Can you just give us a quick before and after? Uh, maybe a snapshot of sort of the the progress?
1: So before, um, I honestly thought that I would never be able to run again. I used to enjoy running. I was at a good place um, when I started getting my pain. I just, you know, I was unable to look after my toddler. It was really hard to just do anything, you know, change nappies, open bottles, open taps, dress myself, um but now i am doing everything for myself and i can take care of my family i've just done an 8k run which i didn't think i would do again which was amazing um and i'm yeah i'm just hoping to keep on improve, improving now
0: yeah it's fantastic to be able to run again it's one of those things amongst the rheumatoid arthritis community that is sort of positioned as you know, almost only for people who don't have RA, kind of vibe. Yes. <laughs> so for you to run eight kilometres is is extraordinary. So let's um, let's talk about that. And for people who are uh, looking at um, uh, watching or listening to this entire episode, uh, we are going to be covering liver enzymes that uh, have improved by uh, improving uh, the dietary uh, approach. We're going to talk about coming off prednisone, aren't we? Uh, we're going yes. to talk about how you're able to run again and the build up to that and how you, how you sort of built your body up to be able to run again. We're going to talk about Plaquenil, sulfasalazine, methotrexate, Arava, and, uh, and all of these good, wonderful things. So I'll let you uh, tell us, first of all, a little bit about the pre-diagnosis phase. How come it took so long? To become, uh, you know, what happened then?
1: So what happened was in 2017, um, I unfortunately had a miscarriage. And I remember it so vividly because the day it happened, I started experiencing um, pain in my wrist. And at that stage, I was working in an office with admin. And my friend still said, maybe it's just from all the typing, like carpal tunnel syndrome. Um, And what would happen, it would, you kind of feel it coming on, the stiffness and the pain, and then it would just subside again. And it it was moving around, you know, it would be my elbow and then my shoulders would hurt my back, my hips, my knees. It just kept moving around in my body. I went to the doctors, they couldn't really find, you know, anything wrong. They did lots of blood tests and everyone kind of thought it's just because of the miscarriage. Um, It eventually kind of settled in my feet. I stopped having joint pain, but I had tremendous pain in my feet. It felt like I was walking on pebbles Um, and they became so swollen. And I said to my husband, something is not right. Like I need to see someone (laughs) now. And that's when I kind of had to stop running. It was just too painful. I couldn't put my tackies on anymore. And um, so they sent me for a a CAT scan for my feet. And they actually picked up that I had uh, neuromas, which is also a type of inflammation. And I still remember the doctor actually calling everyone around because they've never seen so many. I had three and they were huge in my feet. So I ended up needing an operation to get them removed. They said there's no way that they would clear up naturally. So they had. So I've lost a lot of feeling. You know where they had to cut away the neuromas. The one was like one centimeter in, di- in diameter, which is almost the size of a marble. So I think that was kind of a red flag of severe inflammation, which no one just ever picked up on because they focused on the neuromas. So after that. You know, I felt fine. Um, I was waiting for my feet to heal so I can start getting back into running and exercising again. Then we felt pregnant again. Obviously, I didn't do any exercise. I was so overcautious this time. Um, But after the birth, I think it was uh, when I stopped, you know, when I weaned, when I started weaning my youngest one, I just noticed one night um, getting up when he woke up and I couldn't pick him out. I couldn't pick him up out of the cot. My hands were just so sensitive, so sore. Um, and then it was my feet. So it it kind of came back in my hands and my feet and my feet started swelling again. And I thought I had neuromas. So they sent me for scans. There was nothing. They just said, we can't find anything, but there's severe inflammation in your feet. So. From there, I eventually went to see someone. Um, I couldn't get into with the doctor because we only have one in the whole Eastern Cape. There's only one rheumatologist. And I actually phoned them. (laughs) What
0: what, what city are you in Cape Town?
1: I'm in Eastern Cape. I'm in Grahamstown. So Eastern Cape is quite a big province. Yeah. And in the entire Eastern Cape, there's only one rheumatologist. So you would have to go to Jo'burg or Cape Town, which is 12 or nine hours away to see another one. Wow. (laughs) So when I phoned her, her books were closed. You couldn't even get an appointment. Mm -hmm. And here I was in severe pain. I couldn't walk. My husband had to carry me to bed sometimes at night. The kids were upset, you know. Mom is always a strong one and always looking after us. And yeah, I was just un- unable to do stuff. So I think, so I think it started long ago. It, you know, there was just, and I've spoken to other people before. So maybe someone listening out there that's had, that also had neuromas and they've also eventually, it went over into RA. So that could have been, you know, an indication of something isn't right.
0: Mm. yeah well, so, that's, that's crazy so what did you do how did you i mean did you then uh go like, on a waiting list or did you go to choberg or I, Cape Town?
1: I couldn't i couldn't even get on a waiting list so i phoned i phoned them in january in tears um it was like seven o'clock in the morning um and they said that i have to phone in july they couldn't even put me on a waiting list so my local gp is amazing You know, he was my next call. He said to Chucky, "Just," he said to my husband, just bring her to the office right now. I'll meet you guys there. He gave me an injection. I explained to them, I can't see the rheumatologist. So he started me off on prednisone, just so that I could function. And then he eventually referred me to a specialist. I can't remember what he did exactly, but he specialized in arthritis as well. So he he ended up doing loads of tests, um, blood works, and then he came back to me and said he actually thinks I've got RA um, at that stage. Then the plan was I had an appointment to see someone in Johannesburg and then COVID happened <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and everything just stopped. We never got to Joburg. I never got to see a doctor. So I just, you know. <laughs> it was just terrible
0: and so you did maybe a year and a half or something on uh on prednisone
1: on prednisone and my gp he then started me on methotrexate because he said that would have been the first thing that she would have started me on anyway Mm -hmm. but i was very reluctant i took months but eventually i said to the m i can't you know i can't go on like this anymore i can't just drink copious amounts of Um, Voltarin and prednisone, and you know, just to function, I just knew that, that, you know, I start, you know, your face starts swelling up. So, apart from being depressed that you can't function, you look in the mirror and you're depressed again because you just don't look like yourself, you know.
0: It's awful, you know. I was just sometimes I, um, you know, I got buddies who help people with different diseases, different conditions. In particular, one uh, group of friends of mine, uh, Mastering Diabetes, my friends help people with type 2 diabetes and type 1 diabetes. And uh, I look at the type 2 diabetes, which, you know, testimonials, which come through in abundance on their site. And, uh, um, you know, it just pales in comparison to the challenges that are associated with rheumatoid arthritis. It's yeah. just a whole different beast. And it was just, it just, we, as a community, as a rheumatoid community, we kind of—it's what we deal with, and it's how we—it's what our life is, and we face it, and we over work on these challenges, and we try and overcome yeah. them and stuff. And it, there really is, you know, not a lot of things that are as hard as this. It's really up there with like as bad a condition as you could ever, unfortunately, be uh, be presented with.
1: Yeah, and you—you so, you can't yeah. explain it to anyone if if they haven't experienced it and I think that was the hardest for for my husband as well because he saw me in pain but they didn't know what to do you know you and you try and explain it to someone it literally feels like if anyone's going to touch you you're just going to shatter to pieces Mm. you know your hands are just so sensitive the kids can't touch you and you just sit there I remember having days where I would just sit with my hands like Mm. this and no one must touch me and you just Feel sorry for yourself and until until the prednisone starts kicking in. I mean, it takes hours before you can before you can function. And I was I was speaking to some of my friends um, who've seen the transformation. And they, you know, I tried to explain to them what I had gone through. Because in lockdown, the worst part of my RA happened in lockdown. So not a lot of people saw what was going on. Um, Just my close, you know, my husband and my kids are actually the only ones that saw me on my really worst days and my mom. Um, And I said to them, guys, you just can't, I can't explain to you the pain. It's like in your bones. You, You know, I even try and think back, feeling as good as I feel now, I sometimes forget how bad I was and how sore it was. And just going for a walk was so painful you know, limping, I limped for a year and a half. I thought eventually my my hips are going to give in, you know, something else is going to cave in because I can't walk properly.
0: Goodness. So tell us, uh, after the COVID passed to the point where you were then able to see a specialist, what happened?
1: So um, I managed to eventually see her in 2021 in April. So that means I was on zone for a year and a half before I eventually got to see her. The because now, answer. no, I, it wasn't possible. For, you know, when no one could travel, we were all yeah. like banned, you know, yeah. everyone was locked in and the boundaries, the borders were closed. And, um, and because of COVID her day, you know, all of her bookings that I was waiting six months. So that became another six months. So I eventually got a booking for April in 2021. So yeah. So she was really concerned that I was still on prednisone for that amount of time. I said, well, there was nothing else to do. You know, that's how I had to function. Yes. So I went to see her then in April. Um, and she, you know, she looked at me and examined And my CRP levels were really high. I think it was about 25 at that stage. She was concerned. She said I had a really aggressive kind of RA, whatever that means. Um, So for the amount of time I've had and the damage it had done so far, she was really concerned with. So she said we needed an aggressive plan. Um, She started me off with um, Plasmacool and then Mm -hmm. Sulfasalizate. I can't pronounce that one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Kept me on Methotrexate. But increased the dose and I said I should stay on prednisone, you know, if I feel I need it. So that that was her three-month plan. Never spoke about exercise. We never spoke about diet. I just felt so hopeless. Like there was nothing, it felt like there was nothing that I could do. And I I just refused to accept that there's nothing that I can do, that it's only gonna be medication. And from the first appointment, she started. Prepping me for the fact that eventually I would have to go onto biologics, and I was like, (laughs) "That can't be it. There has to be something else."
0: Um, I, I, yeah, can completely relate to that. Yeah, I was told similar things. Uh, Diet doesn't really matter. No talk of exercise at all. In fact. When it comes to exercise, even rheumatologists that are close to me and that I work with uh, frequently, some of them are pretty shy to even comment on exercise. It's almost like I think that, um, you know, when you become highly specialized in a medical field, it seems to make some of the specialists reluctant to speak outside of their knowledge base as if they can't even offer a personal opinion um mm. So, you know, common sense should come into this and say, you know, exercise is beneficial. Exercise is helpful. Um, and
1: Play anything you have,
0: to, you have to read the literature. <laughs> yeah. of, if you talk, if you go into PubMed and you say rheumatoid arthritis exercise, the guidelines come up straight away that that everyone under exercises exercises are safe. Resistance training is safe. Cardiovascular uh, exercise is underdone and should be encouraged amongst people with RA. All yeah. the studies support it. So a rheumatologist is almost just being, ignoring the literature, which they should know by saying, uh, or not even comment it, it should be pushed upon you as you got to keep moving. Mm. You must, you must. It's one of the greatest therapeutic approaches you have that you in your toolkit is to become more active, become more fit. Um, yeah. So yes, it's, you yeah, know, mind blowing. Mind blowing, like what what patients know sometimes yeah. that that the doctors don't. But that's that's okay. We and the heck of a lot of stuff they know they know that we yeah. don't, and so we're,
1: yes, we're, that's we're true. Sharing
0: knowledge, yeah.
1: And they've so, they've seen a lot, you know. So, but I've I know what I feel.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> and you felt like there's got to be something more. Mm-hmm. So you've walked away from that appointment on. Black else, sulfur sulfasalazine, methotrexate prednisone, and you. I had a
1: hand, like a handful of tablets. I still, I was still sending my friends messages. I took a picture. I said, "This is my healthy breakfast this morning." You know, just a handful of pills. And I've never, I've never. I think it was so hard for me to accept because I've never been sick. I've never had any issues. I've always been healthy. I've always looked after myself. I was following what I thought was a relatively healthy diet, always exercised, and suddenly, you know, you just get diagnosed with the label and they just tell you it's never going to go away. You are stuck with this. And then you see people coming in to the waiting room and they are so, you know, I look at their hands. I think I was a mess by the time I got into office. I was just sewing. You think, is this what's, you know, is this what's going to happen? You know, I was only 40 or 39 when when I was diagnosed. I mean, you think that should be for someone who's 70 or 80? (laughs) Um, And I I just walked away there just feeling so hopeless. But I've always been searching the internet. I've always been Googling. I've been, you know, trying to just look for health, um, natural alternatives. I tried everything, every oil, every... (laughs) every supplement every tablet anything that people says you know rub sesame oil on I was rubbing sesame oil on or whatever they told me to do I just needed to find something else and then what actually happened was um, in May 2021 I watched a few documentaries on the connection between diet and health And the penny just dropped. You know, I looked at these people and I listened to what they were saying, and it just made so much sense. So in May, I just went plant based, cold turkey. That was the first of May. I just cut everything, and I said to my husband, "What have I got to lose? It's three months before I see the rheumatologist again. I'm taking all of these tablets. I'm in so much pain because even with all of the medication, there's always this." Level of pain, it never disappears. It just becomes a bit more manageable, but it's always there. You know, every day you wake up and you know you've got RA. <laughs> and um, so I said, I've got nothing to lose. I'm just going to give it a go. My family was really supportive. And I think it was um, within about two months, I started noticing there was, I really felt a difference in my body. And I was able to cut down on my prednisone. I started feeling like I don't need it anymore, which was huge because I couldn't, even that one tablet, I couldn't get off that one tablet of prednisone without just feeling like I was cramping up. So I went to see her in June again. So by then I'd been on, it was a month. My CRP levels hadn't come down. But she said the fact that I felt that I didn't need prednisone was a win. And obviously she said she's so glad the medication is working. And I just knew it's my diet. There's something about being plant-based that has really made a difference. So yeah, so she then she said that the medication wasn't working well not the way she wanted it to yeah okay well she sorry so when i went to see in three months i'm jumping now i've got so much going on in my head <laughs> she said that because my crp levels hadn't gone down that apparently so it feels like we need to try something else so she swapped me over to Rumalef, which i think has got a different name I think that we, we looked
0: up a or luflinamide
1: Yes. So she yes. took away the others, and right she left now. me on and yeah, she left me on methotrexate and rimalef yeah. And she gave me a prescription for prednisone just for in case.
0: Oh, okay. Well, the sulfasalazine got taken away, did it? Yes. Yes. Okay. That also got okay. taken
1: away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was so glad. I was so scared of those medications. Everything that I read about it, just yeah. yeah. Okay. So then she said I had to see her in three months again. But I just kept, kept going plant-based in, in that time. And I just felt better every day. So I know it wasn't those medications because I started feeling a difference before. And even the medications takes about mm-hmm. three or four months before you feel anything. So when I saw again in three months, um, my CRP levels had dropped to three from 25. I was off prednisone. And that's when she said she was glad the meds are doing their thing. And I'm like, no, not really. (laughs) And I tried to tell her about my diet, but she just kind of, you know, brushed it aside and um, told me to just carry on, you know, with the medication. So I said, please, can we just lower the methotrexate? Because my hair was falling out and I just wanted to be off the methotrexate. So she did reduce it very reluctantly to about four tablets. So that's 10 milligrams. I think got it right. Yeah. And then I also started running in September, 2021, because I wasn't limping anymore. You know, I could put my tackies on and I just, you know, I I was very, I first started walking. I didn't just go out running. I first noticed I could walk to town. I would put Etienne in the pram and go for walks because I couldn't push the pram before. You know, it was too painful, the the, mm, the bar the way of holding it. And so I started just walking first. And then they had this challenge in our town for spring. And it was just short runs. So I thought, let me start with that. Um, it's just once a week. I'm sure I can do it. Yeah, so I'd nearly died the first one. Mm. <laughs> Not from any pain anywhere apart from my lungs, just feeling I was so unfit. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did have a needle in my hip.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting though? This is really interesting. We don't know how unfit we are until we try and do something that we watch people do on a Sunday morning at 7.30 who don't have any health problems. Which is yeah. just going for a jog, whether it be a couple of kilometers or, you know, if you're in the U.S., like a mile or two. This should be very, very achievable for an adult human. This, this is yeah. not something that's, you know, is is something that like I'm 46, you early 40s, right? This is something that we should be comfortably able to do, but um, we don't know that we're that unfit, and we don't realize the potential. Resources of inflammation reduction that we're not tapping into because of our lack of fitness. Yeah, you saw that when you started to do something physical, a little bit cardiovascular, and you said you almost died. You always like you felt like it was so hard, your lungs were burning. You know, you got that feeling. Well, that's an indication of where most people are playing at, myself included. I don't do a lot of really intense cardio stuff. Um, And where we could be is so much higher in terms of our cardiovascular fitness. Now, what does that translate to? That translates to reduction of oxidative stress, reduction of inflammation. Basically it's anti-inflammatory. So everyone who says, oh, you know, like if I say, you know, how's your fitness levels or do you exercise? Oh, well, you know, I go for a walk every day. I walk the dog, or you know, I walk down here. That's nothing. That's just that's just barely maintenance level. We, there's a whole resource of anti-inflammatory that that's that's like a mine that we're sitting on that we're not tapping into. We need to try. Which
1: I, you know, which you don't know if no one tells you about it. No, no. you don't because know. you think because you can't because you're physically in so much pain that yep. all you should do is just sit and not move around. And yeah, it wasn't until I discovered your program <laughs> and understood a bit more about what I can do to help my body that it's, you know, just started making sense and I could feel it.
0: Yep. So the run became a reality, huh? After doing yeah. a little bit of these, so these smaller samples, samples size of runs. Um Yeah that evolution to the eight kilometer, how much time period were between the little first run and the, and the eight K?
1: Okay. So, so I started in September. I only only ran once a week. I just physically as a mom with three Mm -hmm. kids, lots of schedules just didn't have any more time. So it's a, it was a four K run every Tuesday and my middle son has been doing it with me, but he just goes ahead. Like I can't even keep up with him but he waits for me at the finish line, you know, every, every Tuesday. So uh, I started with that. And then in, in January, so now I have to jump a bit. So I had some pain because this is, this is quite important. I had pain in my hip every time I ran. And then for a few days afterwards, you know, every time you get up, you just feel, mm, you know, that something's not right. And I thought it's because I'd, I'd been limping for so long that I had affected my hip for some reason. So I, I was guided to your program by Dr. McDougal because I just wasn't going to give up and give over to the medication. Found your program. Just, it just looked so inspiring. I felt like, you know, there's hope again. There is something I can do. I don't just have to give over to the medication, the biologics, and to this thing that was just kind of taking over my body. Because even though I'd been feeling better on the plant base, there was still that, that level of pain. I remember typing an email to you and saying in the email, my fingers are hurting so much as I'm typing this. You know, So I, I carried on with the writing, uh, with the running. There was a break in December because it was holidays. You don't run so much. But I started with your program in January, then took up running and also started doing... Some other exercises twice a week, more like strength, not strength training, like um body workouts at the gym, which I thought was attainable for me. I, they knew about my wrist, so th- they always gave me something else that I could do. So I wanted to start getting my legs strong again and just moving. And when I ran again in February, I'd been on your program for four weeks, started running again. I had never had such a good run. I did a personal best that day. I felt so strong. And that was on the limited, very limited diet in the beginning, when you feel like you're eating nothing. <laughs> and everyone thinks, you know, you're gonna how how are you looking after yourself? You're living off buckwheat and <laughs> sweet potato. I was running, just I felt so amazing. I felt so strong, and I had no pain in my hip at all. I've never had that pain again. And I remember getting to my son. He was waiting. He's like, what? How did you do it so fast? Like, I just finished and you were just behind me. And I said, my boy, I felt so amazing. Like, this was such a good run. I said, mommy told you what I'm eating is working. (laughs) So, look, I can't remember. The 8K was now in March. So it was from September. I ran for a few months, stopped in December, January. And then in beginning of March, I did the 8K. And that I hadn't done. I've only been doing 4K. So I was quite nervous to push myself. But I took it easy. If I had to walk, I walked. But I was going to finish it. And I did.
0: (laughs) And what did it feel like crossing the finish line?
1: Man, it was. It felt like I did the two oceans marathon. It could have been that. It felt so amazing. I didn't have any pain, no pain at all. Anyway, my feet weren't hurting. My hips were fine. My knees didn't hurt. It just felt amazing to finish it and know that I I'd done it. You know, I was like take that, RA. <laughs> I can run again. So it just you actually can't you can only understand it like yourself when you've been so riddled with pain and you i don't think i think people take it for granted you know i took my health for granted a lot before when i was running and doing stuff and when you suddenly can't do it you yeah you just start to appreciate the fact that you are able to run and pick up your children and sit on the floor and open a jar you know the small things
0: yeah, I still check my fingers every every like, wake up in the morning, clench my fingers like that, and I'm like, wow, they just close normally. And and to this day,
1: after like doing years, this, <laughs> I would I, I would sit every morning I wake up, I just do this, and when I wake up during the night, yeah. my turn. I would yeah. just because normally it would be so painful, yeah. you know, I couldn't put the you know, I, so many of the people in the podcast would say, know, yeah, I couldn't grab the duvet and pull it over me which is such a simple thing. And just being, I remember like I couldn't lift, if I had to turn, I couldn't lift the duvet because it's so sore when you just try and put that little bit of pressure on. So still, I would just sit and do this. Mom says, is your, are your hands hurting? I'm like, no, it's just so amazing. Like they're not hurting.
0: <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, it's lovely. It's just so, ah, uh the things that we appreciate so deeply and that everyone else just takes for granted. It's extraordinary. Yeah. So,
1: Just standing just, on my toes. Sorry.
0: Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Talk about that.
1: No, it was, I, I took a picture once and I just sent it to all of my family. And I said, what you eat really makes a difference. I hadn't been able to stand on my toes, you know, lift myself up just in a normal, because of the pain that was under my feet. Specifically my left one. And I think they probably thought I wasn't safe. I mean <laughs> we all can stand on our on our toes. But the fact that I was able to do that again for me was just a milestone, however small it is. You need to celebrate each milestone. Doesn't matter how small it is.
0: Amen. So you've recently gone back to the rheumatologist again. And uh What's the latest sort of plan with the medications?
1: Okay, so I saw her now. She was really happy with all of my results. So my CRP levels, have they're basically undetectable. They're less than one. But I have to say that um, coffee, <laughs> I, skipped, I skipped over your, your chapter on the coffee in the beginning. I think that was the one thing I thought that I kind of made me feel a little bit normal. You know, after everything, you, you do become a bit of a radicalist or a freak <laughs> the way you eat. And I just held on to the coffee. And even though I was feeling so much better, even on your program, I would wake up in the mornings and still have the stiffness in my hands, which I didn't need to take anything for. It just took a long while to go away. And then I said to my husband, I think I need to go read that chapter on the coffee. And he's like, so I read your first line that said, if you're doing, I'm paraphrasing, but if you're doing everything you should be doing in this program and you have not given up coffee, you can just stop. And I was like, so I did, I dropped it. And by the fourth morning, I started waking up with no pain in my joints and I think for me that's been like you said with the oil where you also felt so much better but there was just something that wasn't working and when you drop the oil it's like a veil just that was the coffee for me since I've like cut back on coffee completely I have occasional occasional cup that's been the veil for me that has taken me from feeling 90 percent better to pain-free so anyway, sorry. So yes, so my levels have dropped to nearly undetectable. She has agreed that I can lower my methotraxate to four tablets. No, to three tablets, sorry. She said that's a low. It's from three, we'll just go to zero. She says no point going to one or whatever. Um, and then I started to take the rumor left. And she basically just said, whatever you're doing, it's working. Just carry on. Um, but I also spent some time, I asked her about some of the tests we've been doing, and she was showing me the ALT test, which is for your liver. And she'd been keeping an eye on it um, because it had progressively been going up each month. I was jumping 14, and then it was 30, and then it was 50. And I, as she explained it to me, that means your liver is irritated or inflamed because of the Medication, both mm-hmm. of the rimelif and the Methotrexate work on your kind of work on your liver.
0: Well, like um, the oxidative stress of the liver.
1: It's yeah, a, so a, my
0: Yeah, yep. And so those markers, not happy. enzymes that say, "Hey, I'm struggling." So okay, but.
1: so she, she said that if my tests now had shown that it jumped up more, then we would have had to do something. I don't know what, but she said. It's dropped down to nine, which is the lowest it had been since I started with her and and since I've started getting tested for my liver with the medication. And I believe it is because of my diet because that's been the change from the last time because I was on the same medication all the time, exactly the same amount of tablets in the last three months the change has been the program and the diet and exercise. And I even told her about the coffee and she was quite surprised. She said, I've never heard about that, you know, that coffee could had, have an effect on you. And I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> it did. Um, yeah.
0: If you're only listening to the audio, I'm doing the world's greatest eye roll right now. Uh, so, <laughs> so um, well, isn't it isn't it fantastic? So, you know, in terms of we you know, in terms of this moment in time in this recording, you know, sometimes we record these episodes with guests and there's they're maybe a year down the path from where yeah. we are in your story right now. And whilst it's sometimes really satisfying to listen to the end result, and like someone saying, and it's been six months or a year since I've taken no drugs and I've got no symptoms and it's so sensational. It's also sometimes for some of my audience, they email me and say, actually, it saddens them a little bit for some of those guests when they listen to them because they feel that they're just so far from that, that, that it's just beyond where they're at, at the moment and it just feels like such a um, uh, such an enormously long bridge from where they're at to where that guest is at and they actually feel a little bit sad that like how come i'm not in that position or i wish i was um Mm -hmm. your position is a, a great one for a lot of people that feels potentially you know within reach for some people who aren't haven't started the program yet who can't exercise like we talked about they're in a lot of pain and so. I think that it's really valuable that we're having this conversation now. Seeing the direction that you're going, it's almost like there's still so much more to squeeze out of this situation. Yeah. You're only really, really just sort of, you, yeah. it's like an arm wrestle. And we've just watched you almost get defeated. And you've yes. just gotten past vertical. And you are now starting to apply that downward force to your opposition. That's where we're at. And you, uh, you know, that look in your eye, you look so healthy. You, you just have that sort of, um, you know, that knowing that you're onto it, you are on wow. this and yeah. And it's exciting to, to see what will come next, but I just want people to appreciate that. You know, you were, you were diagnosed with aggressive rheumatoid arthritis. This was a moving all around your body that you were started on a very aggressive treatment. You couldn't get off the prednisone until you went plant-based, you know, and then yeah. your first attempt had rung. Your chest was on fire. You know, you've dug yourself out of a very deep hole.
1: And, you know, I just, I just want people to know that you mustn't give up. You must. There's no reason why we need to sit back. I've spoken to so many people around me who will listen. I think South Africa is not so big on the whole plant-based thing yet. I'm quiet in the minority, you know <laughs> you don't eat meat, what <laughs> you know i'm 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 from an Afrikaans culture, you know braai is a you know braai is a salad <laughs> you know doing doing a barbecue <laughs> you know your meat is a salad or chicken is a salad <laughs> and I come there with my mushroom and they go, Oh shame, I'm like well, I feel great, you know, I will have my mushroom it's okay. <laughs> oh shame that's the funniest that's what they say i'm honestly someone looked at my mushroom and said shame i'm like "Shame."
0: (laughs) that's awesome was it one of those giant (laughs) portobello mushrooms
1: it was it was huge you know like it made this steak look small but anyway Mm. so i just decided i wasn't going to give up i wasn't going to give in to this thing this is not gonna be my fate. I'm not gonna be 50 and just be unable to do anything. Mm. Um and oh yes, that's what I want to say. I've spoken to so many people around me that's got RA and I tell them about what I've been doing and how amazing I feel and they're so scared. They 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 they, they kind of want to keep on having the medication so they don't have to change their lifestyle. And they say, "Well, I've got my aura under control, even though I've got X, Y, and Z side effects, I'm okay." And I think, "Oh, but you could be so much more, you know. There's just so much more you could be." And even if you have to be on some medication, like I, my hope is to be med-free at some stage. But I'm happy where I am now. You know, my hair stopped falling out, so I know the methylxanthines is not affecting me as as bad as it did my liver function is fine I feel I feel great the doctor said she said you look amazing there's a spark back in your eyes just carry on with what you're doing I'm like (laughs) just listen to what I'm doing (laughs) um and 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 to get support I think meeting you sort of and kind of becoming part of a community that made a big difference because you do feel very alone when you get diagnosed with an autoimmune disease you know it's just there's not much support um or Mm. people that know how you feel
0: i often draw a parallel to cancer when you get diagnosed with cancer there are community groups with balloons showing up and parties held and everyone gathers together and you know i'm i'm not i'm not overlooking the the diagnosis of cancer often you know can be terminal i'm not overlooking that it's just that the the uh the differences in the diagnosis is extraordinary as you say one is just a silent digestion of misery and lack of hope. And the other is community support, even fundraising and all sorts of things um, and rallying behind that person. So it is vastly different. These autoimmune diseases are, uh, you know, they're, they're a beast. So yes, we have got a great community. We got a community building on Instagram. I'd like to thank you for helping because your contributions I'm able to share and we've got lara and we've got yeah. uh we've got gosh quite a lot of people it's, uh, i'm going to not think of them at the moment but everybody's <laughs> contributing and posting the uh, recipes yeah. and uh helps to be able to uh, tag and share those we also have our rheumatoid support and you i don't think you uh, you joined Rheumatoid Support, don't think you're ever? No,
1: not, not yet, but hopefully no. in the future. Yeah.
0: Right, right. So people can join our community, which is online and interactive. And we have coaches and myself constantly helping each other. And that's just over at rheumatoidsupport.com. So, you know, it's priced affordably and people can be come and go. It's, yeah. So there's opportunities for our community, people like you and me who believe that it's about optimal health and then let's deal with whatever's left over after that, right? But let's get as healthy as possible. And then if we need a little bit of meds or if we need a little bit of, I don't know, whatever, X, Y, Z supplements or whatever, fine. But let's aim for optimal health first rather than making that almost the forgotten thing or a a dirty little cousin. Uh, And so (laughs) you've done so well. Are, Are there any tips... Things that you could share before we go that you would say, look, you've got to do this or that was the game changer for me. Anything off the top of your head just sure to matters.
1: Yeah, it probably won't be new. But the first thing is to first get support. That's the main thing. You need to have a support system. Get Tap in on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you can. Um, Make sure you... Stop drinking coffee from the beginning. Do everything the program says. (laughs) If the program says stop drinking coffee, stop it. Um, And exercise. Exercise. Do what you can. I started with doing so little, but I was there at the gym. And now I can do, they don't have to do as many alternative Things for me anymore, but because my wrists have started strengthening. So I can do push-ups, I can do the mountain climbers. They don't have to adapt everything for me anymore. But I was, I tried it. I kept on doing it every time. If it hurts, stop, you know, and be kind to yourself. Some days I get you get really anxious because your body, you're getting you get a flare-up. You can do all the right things, and you can still get a flare up. And then It's easy to feel depressed and think, what have I done wrong? And you just, just be kind to yourself. Take it as it comes. I just go back to my green juice then, go back to simple meals and just take it easy. Don't, I don't exercise that day. You know, if I'm feeling down, just be kind to yourself as well and have lots of, always make sure that you've got stuff that you can eat in the freezer. That's the biggest thing. It's so easy to just grab the wrong thing if you're hungry and you just don't have – because it takes time to make the stuff that – but I always make sure I've got soup in the freezer or anything, anything that is is Patterson program friendly or RA friendly, as I would say. I always have something cooked in the fridge or cooked in the freezer ready.
0: Mm, Emergency supplies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Because our fuel is different than everyone else's fuel, so we can't rely on the local fuel stations of KFC and McDonald's and all of the cafes and takeaways that other people can. When our body is running out of fuel, we yeah. have to have our own fuel, don't we? Stored in the fridge or the freezer, as you put it. That's a great. That's that's. I like this metaphor, so I might use this one again. So, um, uh, yes, we have to store our fuel as a backup. We need bunker fuel. Uh,
1: Yes,
0: (laughs) um, we do. uh, Any other thoughts? Any other, you know, you mentioned your grain juice. Is that celery and cucumber?
1: Celery and cucumber. And then I, I tend to add ginger. I just love it with the ginger. Even this weekend when I came to visit my mom, I'm fortunate that she's got a juicer. When I went to Joburg, my brother had a juicer. So I come there with my celery and my cucumber and, you know, I've got it there. Um, I even travel with my, like a pre-mixed grain mix. So I can just make it wherever I go if I need to. Mm -hmm. Um, Always have sweet potatoes on hand. And if I, yeah, like I said, if I feel you have to listen to your body. If I feel I start getting a bit achy, I just go back to the basics. And that's what I've loved about your program. It's really taught me, it's empowered me with knowledge of what to do. And I just go back to the basics, go back to having lots of green stuff, lots of juice, um, salads, just the plain buckwheat or quinoa or basmati and sweet potato. And I do that until I feel, okay, you know, I'm feeling better again. And then, then I carry on.
0: Mm -hmm. God, that makes me feel a little bit emotional because that is literally my personal sort of little formula that I created like 12 years ago to get myself out of, I would run into trouble. I would go back to baseline. And I would get myself reset and take two, three, sometimes four days. And then I would get back into the reintroductions again. And then I'd hit a problem and straight back to baseline. And I found that this rhythm, uh, just, I uh, was just going through this dance, this dietary dance for probably a year, year and a half. And, uh, and that was after years of not knowing what on earth to do and making all the mistakes. But that dance of sort of stretching and then contracting, stretching, contracting where each time I would stretch, I'd maybe get a little further, a few more foods I could eat. And also when I was dropping back to baseline, I found the baseline foods didn't need to be as baseline as well as I got more advanced. So I could, like you mentioned, I could fall back onto basmati rice. And at later times, basmati rice and some potatoes with some curry yeah. powder. So I was having like a potato curry became a baseline food. Whereas at the start, that was a stretch food or stretch meal oh. for me. So it slowly gets better. It slowly gets easier. And it is slow. It is slow. It but, is. Uh,
1: one, yeah. one last thing I want to share, and it's I connected with um, one of uh, I think her name is La. Is it Lara?
0: Yeah. Um, she's a. also yeah.
1: No. Um. Be P- plant based and plant based and living or plants. Plant based joyful living. Okay. She's also on, and um. So we've been chatting because her story was a very similar to me. But she's five years down the line or six years down the line, and she said to me, "Even when it feels like it's not working, just stick with it because." And it was like that. There was phases where your pain just goes up and down and you think, is this going to help? And I just stuck it out. And then you just wake up one morning and you realize, I feel so much better. And that is, yeah, that would be my little (laughs) nugget of wisdom is just trust the program, stick with it. If it feels it's not working inside your body, you can't see it but it is working
0: beautiful words well congratulations again it's been a pleasure to chat and um i'm glad that we've been able to set this up despite some time yeah. zones and we uh, we also <laughs> did the right thing we postponed this until you'd spoken to the rheumatologist and got the update and got that reduction recommendation yes trexate. so we did we we made this we made uh this happen i'm really really pleased to meet you uh, on video and what likewise does, stay in touch on our instagram if you're not on instagram come join us we got instagram.com forward slash patterson program uh, melissa what's your instagram anchor hashtag
1: it's uh melissa.berenstein.5
0: okay i oh, will well, have to put that in the show notes <laughs> um, so that people can just click through on it. Um, Head over to rheumatoidsolutions.com and you'll be able to find this episode. It'll be the top one in the podcast listing. Thank you so much, Melissa. Um, I know you're visiting family and uh, I'll let you get back to your family. And I'm sure that they're all thrilled with how you're doing now. And I certainly am. And It's just a joy to see uh, a fellow, you know, pioneer in this this (laughs) world doing such great things.
1: Thank you. And thank you very much to you and Melissa as well um, for everything you've done for us. Really appreciate it. It really feels like you care about every person that uh, joins your program. And yeah, thank you. I've enjoyed doing the chat.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, okay. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit
1: rheumatoidsolutions.com.